Welcome to all of you. Welcome to all who are listening on Torani Time and other platforms. These weeks are the Shiva de Nechemta, the seven weeks of Nechama consolation following Tishabah. Let's understand what Nechama consolation is all about. After all, to the earnest Jew, who really mourned it on Teshavah, who felt hurt, felt real trauma. We don't have a Beis HaMikdash. We don't have a palpable relationship to Hashem. Hashem seems to be an abstraction lacking a Beis HaMikdash. The saga of suffering, which is the Gullah story of the Jewish people, only continues. Well, all of that remains. It's unchanged. It's an absolute. It's immutable. The tsara is what it is. So where's the room for consolation? Where is the room for nechama? And the same thing could be asked about any tsara. Be it when one mourns the death of a closest relative. Well, it is what it is. Be it real life suffering, failures in life. What consolation, what nechama can we find? One can be stuck, incarcerated by the situation. What is this idea of nechama all about? And as with many concepts in Torah, the key is to study the very phrase, the very phrase nechama, in the elegance and magnificence of Lashon HaKodesh. And then a richer idea will emerge. Let's engage in a cross-textual study, you might say, or a comparative study of the usage of this word, nechama. In Chumash, it does not only mean consolation. Nechama also means regret or remorse. For example, Hashem says at the time of the Mabal, during the Wicked generation of the time of the deluge. Hashem says, Kinachamti, I regret having made man. The word nacham means remorse, regret, i.e., a change of mind or change of heart. Well, I would like to posit it means the very same thing. This same root word is conveying the same thing in regard to consolation, nechama. The situation has not changed. It is what it is. One's nearest and dearest relative is dead. The base hamiktash is no more. The change is not in terms of the situation, but the change is in terms of our mindset. When one experiences nechama, they have some new way of thinking about it. Just as one, when one regrets something, perhaps in a negative sense, they pivot away from their previous decision-making. Well, in the case of consolation, we move away from the prior, dire interpretation of events. We find new redemptive perspectives. We engage in reframing. Whether one says concerning their relative, yes, I miss them but they are in a better place, in the blissful, loving arms cradled by the Rebbe Shalom in the next world. Or whether they say, let me dwell on all the good times I had with that person and how the relationship 
to that person continues to inform my consciousness and I feel a piece of them with me today. Or whether in terms of the base HaMikdash and Tisha B'Av when we say, though we don't have it, how precious our pinings and our yearnings for Gula are. And how precious is our faith, our Amuna, that Mashiach will once again come. All of these new perspectives are a true Nechama. The situation is immutable, but I am not stuck in it because I can always change the interpretation, the way I relate to event. It's not changing, but I am changing. Now, of course, all these newfound interpretations of Nechama are not per se new. On Tisha B'Av, we also knew all of this. And at a Levaya, a person also knows all in, in the abstract, in a cerebral, cold intellectual sense, of course, you can say all the same things which the person comes to see at the end, all the redemptive perspectives, they're in a better place. But the point is that when one is, in the, is gripped by mourning, grief in the early phases, their human reality, the realm of feelings in which we reside, is not there. We are so engulfed by the mourning. It is only with the passage of time and internalizing the mourning and the grief process that then we can be in a better, a different place, in a changed place, to reassess things and come not only to think of things from a new perspective, but even to feel the situation from a new perspective. And there have been many studies about this today. For example, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's famous five stages of mourning or in others' assessments, seven stages of mourning. There has been much studying about this, how initially the mourner engages in a denial of sorts. How can it be? They have not come to, grip, they have not come to grips with the situation. And then in a latter phase of mourning, it hits them, it's real, and they feel anger. And then they eventually feel depression. And the later stage is acceptance and moving forward and doing something positive with all of this. And what, what we have come to understand, certainly by now, is all of these stages are precious and need to be experienced. One may not, one cannot, one dare not move on to stage three, four, and certainly not to the acceptance and the nechama until they have allowed the other phases to, so to speak, gestate within them, until they have come to absorb the other phases. And I believe the same is true regarding Beis HaMikdash. We go through various stages of grief during the three weeks on Tesh And to the extent we observe them all in an earnest, sincere way, then we can come to the Chama. And what I would like to do now is to take this idea, the different stages of mourning, at least in a general sense, which seems very contemporary. It has a modern feel to it. It is in all the pop psychology books. And I would like to show how it's really not a modern concept. As with any true concept, it has been with us from time immemorial, and it can be found in the Torah Chayim, in the living, relevant Torah which talks to us today and to this modern, in this modern idiom today, in its original ancient text.
Because, let's think about Megillah Seicha, which we read on Teshavah. According to Chazal, Megillah Seicha really consists of two parts. Prakim Aleph, Beis, and Dalit, which all begin with the word Eicha, is the first phase. Yirmiyahu originally wrote a scroll with three Eichas. And then Perak Gimel, which is written in a different format, called Ani Hagever, that came later and was added later. So I want to appreciate the evolution of the text of Eicha, and therein we will see a remarkable revelation about the phases of mourning. Yirmiyahu's original scroll of Lamentations focuses on Eicha. Eicha means, how can it be? It defies the mind. How can Yerushalayim have fallen to the enemy? Is that not denial? Inability to come to terms with the situation. Well, Yirmiyahu gives voice to all of that healthy denial in the first phase of grief with three Eicha poems, and that is his original book of Lamentations. Eicha, Eicha, Eicha. How can it be? And he must begin his scroll with Eicha. That's the phase of denial. It is only later that Yirmiyahu adds an addendum. Parakimel, Ani HaGever. Ani HaGever is pivoting in a very different direction. No more denial. Ani HaGever is saying, it's real, and it hurts. Ani HaGever means, I'm the man, I'm the man, Ra'ani. I am the sufferer, it's me, it's real, and it's painful. And he continues to say, me, 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 Osi Nahag, I am led into darkness, he says in Pasuk Beis. And then he says in Pasuk Gimel, Achbi, it's only in me. You notice, the fra- you notice this re- repetition of he's saying, it's me, it's me, it's me, it's for real. Ani hagaber, osinahag, achbi, it's me. Yirmiyahu said, it's for real. This is moving away from the denial of Eicha. Now, in the second phase of mourning, Yirmiyahu is ready to move on. Yirmiyahu, representing the spirit of Knesset Yisrael, is ready to move on. There's no more denying. Faces the music, and it hurts. There are many expressions of, of in Ani Hagever of pain. To read a few visceral ones, when he says things like, here in Eicha Parakimel Pasuk Dalad, Dov Orev Huli, Hashem is an ambushing lion. God is a lion sneaking to ensnare me. Darach Kashto Darach Kashbo Baini, he's shooting arrows at me. God is the adversary. That's painful. That's the phase of anger. That's the phase of tension. And eventually, he gives clear voice to the depression. That phase of the sense of hopelessness. When he says here in Echa Paragimel, the Ani Hagever lamentation, in Pasuk Paragimel, Pasuk Yitches, V'omer Ovid Nitzchi V'sochalti Me Hashem, I said my hope is gone. I've been fated to a cruel destiny of a nitzchi v'sochalti Hashem. That's depression. Here we have the phases of grief. His original echa, denial. His anger, his pain. Ani agever, it's me. God is that ambushing 
bear. God is that ambushing bear. And then depression. All hope is gone. And as you continue to feel the pulse of the text of Amiyakev, you then see something amazing, a pendulum shift. How right after he says in Eicha Parakim all hope is lost, he then actually shifts to a place of hope. Right? Because he says only a few seconds later, Pasach Havalf, Zos Ashabali Bialkenochil. But this is what I tell myself, and therefore I do have hope. Chaste Hashem Kilosamnu, Hashem's kindness never ends. Notice how a few psukim after saying all hope is lost, he says, But I could tell myself something which gives me hope. He's moving from depression to, to acceptance, and then even more so to moving forward. He will talk about Nach in a subsequent Pasuk, Nach Basadarkeno Vinashubarasham will do chuva. We'll improve our situation, we'll better our situation, acceptance, and moving forward in a positive direction. The human being is able to do this. Why? Because as we begin the concept of Nahama, his while situations unchangeable and immutable. I change, I evolve, I have a new mindset. As evident in the Pasuk we read, the pendulum shift, when he then redevelops hope, here in Eicha Paragimel, Pasuk Chavalf, he says, Zos Ashav Alibi Al-Kinochil. This is what I tell my heart. It's something I tell myself. It's a change which happens in me. It's something which I tell myself. It's a change which happens within me, within my life. Zos Ashav Alibi. Notice how you have all the phases of the mourning process. The denial, the anger, depression, but then the hope all woven magnificently into the sacred text of Eicha, which informed the Tzara of Teshavah, but now the Nechama as we are moving on. As we are moving from the period of Avelis, now to the period of El and Tishrei, the period of Tshuva, when we will in fact fulfill the Pasuk Nach b'sadarkeno b'nashuvah Hashem when Yirmiyahu says eventually we move on and we do tshuva and we pick ourselves up and we dust ourselves up and we make something meaningful and beautiful of a situation as much as it per se might have seemed dismal before. All the phases of the morning process. It is not simply a modern, hip, newfangled concept. It is a truism in the Torah's high and the relevant Torah for time immemorial. May we all be Zoha in our Nechama process. In our Nechama process regarding Chorban Beis HaMekdash, and likewise in our Nechama process as we must all move on from traumas and griefs and failures in all of our private lives. May we all be Zoha to have the courage to live the grieving process to take every phase of the mourning process, the denial, the anger, the depression, and face it down. Live it. Don't run away from it. Don't stare it in the eye with bravery and say, this is where I'm at. I am not moving on to acceptance till I'm ready. This is me. Let it gestate. Our misora itself recognizes the significance of all of these phases. And then and only then we will be zochat the true nechamah, of acceptance moving on and ultimately doing something beautiful with the situation and with our lives as Yirmiyahu does here. Amen, Kenyi Hiratsam.